From rolling dice and drawing cards to solving puzzles and opening locks. For beginners who are new to games, as well as experienced players who want something new. Let us take you through the exciting world of gaming and help you design a great gaming get-together. We're your hosts, Lauren and Greg, and Friday is game night. Happy Friday, everyone! In this episode, we talk about board games and time commitments. For the dice roll, we talk our top five regrettable game purchases. And of course, we'll have our escape room report and give our Friday favorites. Some some games that are out there, they, they I'm sure they're well-researched and well-developed and they look fun. Mm-hmm. But you look at it and you're just like, nope, I'm not committing to that. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of games that we, and we've said it before in this podcast, that I'm not a fan of games that have a lot of pieces and stuff. Like, if mm-hmm. I see it spread out and it takes up a huge amount of space, I'm just like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and don't. You know, just like the expression says, don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. You can't judge a game necessarily by its box. I mean, I did that to Time Stories at first. Yeah. And I love that game. Yeah. But when I first looked at it, I was like, that feels like it's too much of a commitment. Mm-hmm. You know? So, like, what we're going to share today are, like, not necessarily prejudging games based upon that. Yeah. But, like, get to know the games first. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe do some research on websites like Board Game Geek or any other sources yeah. that you have. Maybe ask people who have played the game before for mm-hmm. their thing and kind of check for these key features we're about to list off yeah. to see like, are you going to have any kind of commitment issues yeah. with this game? Mm-hmm. So first off, and I know we talked about it before, but it's always a big one. Is this going to take too long to play? Yeah. We all know the classic example of Monopoly that goes on for days. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is actually, that's the thing. I guess Monopoly is one of the games that most people play incorrectly. And there is actually like a time limit to Monopoly. There's a time limit? There's like a, either a time limit or a number of turns I, or I some know kind I've of trigger. I heard something about like people always play some rule like the like the go to jail or whatever rule. Yeah, but no, this is like, basically it's not meant to take forever, but it does take people forever because they're doing something Because they think you have to play it to like absolute, like yeah, I am the only guy. Pretty much, yeah. Um, so that's of course the classic example, but then there's also games that take a long time to play because like Firefly, that takes seems to me like it takes a long time or, to play. Or uh, for even more egregious example, the Game of Thrones game. Like, there's a whole strategy game that's kind of like Risk uh-huh. with Game of Thrones where you actually can make alliances and you mm-hmm. can have, like, special heroes with abilities and, like, you know, it's you have pretty much, like, a little figurine for every single little soldier you're going to have on the field and they have the entire map of Westeros and that thing can take probably, like, days worth of hours uh-huh. playing. So. Also, another one that is Risk. Risk takes a really long time mm-hmm. to play. It can, yeah. But then you have the even like further more so is any kind of legacy game yeah right where it's you you know you're going to be able to break it up into segments mm-hmm. or play sessions but at the same time it's do we know that everyone who starts this is going to be committed to finish this yeah and so we have a good example of that is we if you followed our instagram and stuff you know that we played through pandemic legacy the mm-hmm. first season season one yeah and it took us um over a year to finish it yeah. because well the, that's with on and off playing like we well, play yeah. that and then for the next couple game nights we'll play something else yeah well so that's that's kind of what we're trying to get to in this this kind of discussion though is with that game in particular um what we did is you know you can just keep playing it i mean yes there's there's essentially 12 months that you have to play through and you're po- probably not going to um be successful in every month so you, no. you sometimes have to play a month over again 
Um, but like, that's a lot to do in like one evening or even a day. Yeah. So, you know, you break it up, but, but part of the thing with a uh, legacy game like that is it was really important that we kind of had the same people at the mm-hmm. table because if you brought new people in, they're going to be like, well, what happened before? I don't know. How did we get to this point in the story? How did that happen? And then they might make decisions that the person who owned that character before would not have made. Or not understand how to play that character the way it was built. Or be as committed to that character of like, I don't care if this person gets hurt or not. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that, it, it was one that we, you know, we kind of would bring out every once in a while. We'd do a month or two. And then it would go away again. And then, you know, finally we got through the entire game. But it was one of those things that we were able to kind of play so much, put away, play so much, put away. But we had that commitment of we need to come back to it mm-hmm. and we need the same people in, in, you know, in the room. Yeah. But then other games that don't have, like, sessions like that, mm-hmm. like you said, the more classic example of, like, Risk. Like, that's supposed to be a lawn game. But there's no pause button on yeah. that. Some games like Time Stories actually have a built-in pause button. They do. With the way the box is designed, and you can put everything away in a certain way, which I love. Yeah, you can oh almost save God, the I game. Oh my God, I need more of that in my yeah. life. But, so like, yeah, you can save the game. Yeah. But for Risk, like, I remember one time, I had this friend long ago named Andy. And we were in the middle of playing Lord of the Rings Risk. And mm-hmm. he suddenly was like, got a text from somebody. He's like, I have to go. So what we did was we took pictures of the board. We wrote, and then he said like, he took pictures with his phone. I took pictures of mine, and then I said, I will write down, like, very thoroughly who has what in what, you know, uh-huh. just so that way we can put it all away, and then we can come back. Because I'm not going to leave this board on the table yeah. with all these pieces to be messed up or, like, move yeah, around. Yeah, which, but some people do that, you know. If they have, like, a separate space where they can do that, they will leave but, games But even up. still, I'd be worried about, like, a cat coming into the room. Yeah, well, I mean, whatever. obviously, it depends on your situation. Yeah, but still, it's it's, you know... To, most people don't have a separate gaming room. Yeah, that space is multi-purpose. Uh huh. You know? That and, is your dining room table that you right. need to eat off of. So it's a matter of like you know, if you're going to get into a long game, is there any kind of time limit that we could potentially have on this? You know? Yeah. Whether it's you know, Jenny has to go to work in four hours. Yeah. So exactly. Does, yeah. Like, and she's willing to play before she goes to work, but like, do we have time to finish in four yeah. hours and for her to be ready? Or like, you know. Frank is going to start school in a week. Mm-hmm. And this is something that could, like the pandemic thing, like, is he going to be too busy once he starts school uh-huh. to, like, come do this? And we yeah. don't want to be like, oh, we want to play, but we can't. Uh-huh. And then also, like, kind of think about if you are going to just do a long game of, like, eight hours. Mm-hmm. And some of them do. You know, like the Warhammer 40K stuff. Yeah. That could take an entire day. Uh-huh. Are you going to be able to schedule in, like, breaks or pauses? To just, like, we're all going to agree to walk away, go get something to eat. Yeah. And then come back. Don't start risk if you know that it is 9 p.m. and everyone wants to be home by midnight or yeah, something. that's you not going to happen. You're asking for it not to work out. But if you do pause your game, what is the best way to do so? Yeah. In, in my opinion, especially nowadays, because everybody has a phone, uh-huh. everybody takes photos, multiple photos, uh-huh. that you can then all compare evidence to. Yeah. You know, so that way, like... There's no doubt, like, we have it from multiple angles, you know, like, mm-hmm. so if, because usually if there's multiple people at a gaming table, they're sitting on different sides of the table. So even if, like, somehow, I can't tell if it's two or three pieces of yours on the other side of this thing or if it's on the line, well, let's look at it from your angle, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's almost like judging a sports game with all the cameras everywhere, you know. Um, and then, like, how I did, I would also have a backup copy of it written down on a piece of paper 
and then I'm keeping that in a place where we all know where it is. Uh huh. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And, and if it's a game like Risk, where like people are like, I don't trust you. Like you can alter the <laughs> yeah. paper. Sign it. <laughs> yeah. Sign it right now, and that will be the paper. Uh-huh. You know. Um, but yeah, but that's why like something like Time Stories is so genius because it gives you a way to actually pause your game. Like I've always said, Time Stories reminds me almost like a video game, and yeah. that's part of what why it reminds me of a video game is you actually have a way to save it exactly the way which is just you know gorgeous. you were doing. Yeah. yeah, it's perfect because it has like separate compartments in it designed for each player mm-hmm. to have the tokens that they gathered and, and obtained. And the cards that and they And the cards. Have. And you can even keep track of how much time you had left in the yeah. units based upon which of these like many slots you put your little time piece into. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, it's so amazing. <laughs> yeah, whoever designed that box did a really good job. Yeah, and I really do like that whenever they design boxes to like, even if it's just for just storing away, not to uh-huh. save the game, like Takedo. Mm-hmm. is another one where it's a really great and well-designed box where like you can clearly tell that all the cards go here yeah. i just wish that the well for the cards was a little bit deeper they because they fall out they kind of gave me a, a little it's like a little too shallow to yeah. hold the cards so whenever i do pick it up some of them are like mm-hmm. all over the place but i mean the little slots to hold the little money coins in that's amazing i've always appreciated that the way the ticket to ride box is are, are mm-hmm. that like they can essentially use the same box for every game right like it's always the same essentially you just so... have to pack in a new board if you really want yeah yeah but what i mean is like they didn't have to manufacture a different one for yeah. everyone they can just manufacture the same insert. it's essentially universal yeah. yeah and so like that's really clever of the mm-hmm. way they designed it and then of course like how you know i was kind of alluding to they even have the just the expansions for just the boards yeah and they're like okay well you can just swap out the board in your mm-hmm. other box and take that box with you yeah whatever you yeah know. So, um one of the other things that you had talked about before was about the too many rules and components yeah that can come along in games mm-hmm. so how do you think that would um well i mean once again it's it's sort of can't it can be in it to an extent um a don't judge a book by its cover we Mm. had that recently where our friend brought over dinosaur island and upon first you know as he's explaining it and i'm looking at all these pieces i'm just like oh god this is like way too much Mm. and then it turned out it wasn't that bad Um, because it didn't take that long to teach yeah and yeah and it it wasn't as fussy as it seemed on first glance yeah because the thing that's really good about that game is it breaks it down into phases yeah here's phase one and my brain like rather than trying to get all this together it's Mm -hmm. like okay deal with this then you deal with this. You know, it's, it's an easy way to help compartmentalize mentally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're not, like, even though you may have a strategy, you're not strategizing as much to the next phase because there's certain things in phase one that you can't control. So you're like, I have to figure out what's going to happen in phase one before I can even really strategize phase two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think, you know, if a game has a ton of components, if a game, you know, some games just take a long time to set up, you know? Yeah. Like, they might take just as long to play as they do to set up, like... Once again, Firefly was one of those for me God. where it's just so big and it takes- It has like 12 decks and you got to like shuffle them all properly. Yeah. Put them all in the right space. Make sure everything's set up and it's got like eight bags of different components. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's one that like the one time we were going to play it, we literally set it up and then decided not to play it like <laughs> because it was just too much. Yeah. And I think if you see that, you automatically know that you are getting into something that's really big and you have to kind of make that decision. Okay. Is this a game that we're willing to now put the time into? I think if that goes, like I said, with setting it up, it's one of those things before you even decide you want to play that game, you think, okay, think how hard this is to set up and how long it is to put away. Is that worth 
us actually playing it. Well, my thing is, how long will it take to explain the rules? Yeah. Like, is me sitting here and trying to teach you this, is it broken down easily? Or is it going to feel like a boring class and you're back in school, you know? Plus, also, you have to ask, how well is the entire group? Because most people who play together, they've known mm-hmm. each other for a little while. Maybe you have a new person or two, but for the most part, you're going to have a good idea of how everyone is. But, like, how well do you think they're going to handle, like, if they do something wrong in the game rules? And then you have to, like, correct them, like, actually, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Are they going to blow up, like, well, there goes my entire strategy. My game's, like, totally done. Uh-huh, yeah. Or will they be like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do this instead, you know, uh-huh. kind of thing. And, like, yeah, I think you kind of also have to be, like, as a group, make a decision, like, how do we handle this, you know? <laughs> and we've talked about that before, about, like, make sure it stays fun, you know? Yeah. Remember, it's a game and whatever. But if it's something that completely, like, breaks the game system and the rules and then doing that, and you have to put your foot down, are they going to be okay with, like, well, I'm sorry, the rules were so dense. And like, you know, because mm-hmm. I remember one time one of my friends tried to get me to play one of those, one of those, I forget the name of it, but it's one of those games where like you have all the tanks and all the little dudes and mm-hmm. each figurine and like exactly how it looks means it has different stats and like this huge like encyclopedia of like uh-huh. units. And he's like, oh, this guy can only move six inches, not four because of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm not going to read through this entire ledger. And remember it all. To remember that. Because yeah. he has yellow boots instead of brown. You know? uh-huh. like, I don't know. Yeah. So, like, and that was kind of frustrating. Yeah, know? yeah. It's it's another, com- it's a different kind of commitment. It's yeah. not necessarily just a time commitment, but it's a... A mental commitment. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, you're committing to this game. Also, you know, when we talk about games that have a lot of pieces and are very large, you also have to think about space commitments. Yeah. Do you have the space for this? Are you willing to use that much space? You mm-hmm. know, like... If you're doing something where you also want food and you want other things on the table, is it going to take up too much room to where you're not going to be able to have other things on the table or you're going to have to sacrifice space and yeah. things? Well, just recently, we went out on a weekend trip to L.A. where mm-hmm. we did an escape room and then afterwards went to Game House, which is a nice game cafe out there. Uh-huh. And, I mean, they've got a fantastic library. To yeah, they do. Board games. they do. And they have great food. Yeah. It's you, kind of like a deli almost. Where like, kind of. It's, it's like a like little, sandwich or, yeah, it's like a little cafe. It has like oh, no, that's sandwiches. The I was looking for cafe, but I said no. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we've been there in the past, but we've only kind of gotten like, oh, like a cookie and a hot chocolate or something. And this was the first time that we've really eaten there. They had sandwiches named like Turkey to Ride and like yeah. werewolf and stuff. It's mm-hmm. so fun. Yeah. Yeah. We both got really good sandwiches. But the problem is like we come in and we say two please, you mm-hmm. know, and they give us like, they give you stickers to like play the board games, you know. Yeah. Everything. So that and they, they sit as a know. table for two, which is normally fine in like a restaurant setting. But this table was what? Like two and a half square? Yeah, you know? it was It was the normal kind of two-person table you might get at like a small restaurant. But that means that like we can't play as many types of games as we would want yeah. because we don't have the space for it. And I mean, normally we might have been able to move to a bigger table, uh-huh. but it, just, it so happened that somebody had reserved a massive amount of space for yeah, like they a had big a birthday huge party, party or something. In, yeah. So like that's not the establishment's fault. Yeah. Normally we would be able to move to a bigger table mm-hmm. if, you know, we were like, oh, we want to play this huge board game. Yeah. And they'd be like, cool, you know, go grab a space. But in this case, we knew we only have so much space. Plus we're going to have the plates with our sandwiches. Plus yeah. we're going to have our drinks. Plus maybe I want to have my phone on the table so I can uh-huh. look up something about like yeah. a rule if it's not explained well. So I'm like... All these games I previously looked up of like, oh, I want to play this. Well, I'm like, no space for that. That will have too many decks of cards at the table. Yeah. As it is, we ended up trying The Captain's Dead for the first time. And that barely fit on the table. Yeah. And I was constantly <laughs> like dropping cards. And yeah. like, 
and bumping, bumping the table and be like, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, but we were smart because we knew, like, when we got there, we knew we wanted food right away. Mm-hmm. So the first game we pulled out was something we knew would not take up a lot of space. We were like, this will just be our filler while we eat. Yeah, we did time and story. Then, or timeline, I mean. Timeline, yeah. And then once we're done eating and we've cleared our plates, then we can go get something more meaty. Yeah, literally. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so definitely think about, do I even have space to commit uh-huh, to this thing? Yeah. Because if you've got a little TV tray, you're not going to play, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like or something like um, uh, Betrayal or House on the Hill, where you have to constantly build it out. You don't know which way it's going to go. Yeah, and how big it's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the last bit, I think, is a major commitment issue, is about the variety that comes in the game mm-hmm. and kind of like the predictability of it. You know, because as much as I was looking forward to that Disney's Villainous game, uh-huh. once I played it a couple of times, I realized, like, I can predict the outcome, mm-hmm. like, usually for how this is going to go. You know, because if if I have a certain character and everyone else has a certain character, like, you automatically know who has the easier deck to finish, you know? And also, like, maybe the level of skill of each player. Yeah. So, like, oh, I can tell Lauren's going to win with scar because mm-hmm. scar is an easier deck and she knows yeah. how to work that deck yeah and or, i have you know a radigan i've never played it before yeah or like you know if you have if you're playing prince john because prince john has a very easy objective get money but yeah. you know then everyone's like oh he has an easy objective so we'll try to stop him the problem is in trying to stop him they're not doing what they need to do yeah. so prince john can still just slowly creep, like, up. creep yeah. up yeah but like it, so in this thing it's pretty much yeah like you can almost predict with a fair amount of accuracy mm-hmm. above statistical improbability of like who's most likely to win. Yeah. You know? And so are you cool with that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, are you okay with playing and enjoying it without winning? Mm-hmm. You know, or there's other games, like there's lots of games that we have that involve drawing or uh-huh. using artistic skill. And we have two friends who are great artists. They're like really talented with drawing. We suck at it, you know? <laughs> so like, we know they're most likely going to win this yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Get us pretty good. So, uh-huh. are we still going to have a good time trying to draw? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm down for whatever. That's fine, you know. Or like another one that we'll talk about a little bit later on is one for Galaxy Trucker. Mm-hmm. I love that game, and I totally love making the pipes all line up and fit uh-huh. and try to build my spaceship so it makes logical sense and I can have all the components that I need or think I'll need to maximize my score at the end. But other ones of our friends are like I. I can't figure this out. This is a puzzle my brain does not work with. Uh huh. So they don't want to play that game because yeah. they know I will dominate them. Yeah. Another big one, I think time commitment wise, going kind of back to that, um, that we often struggle with ourselves is role playing games like mm-hmm. RPGs. Right, right, right. Because one, those do take longer. And also they're not, you know, it's, you can't usually just have them over in one session. So it's something you have to kind of commit to multiple mm-hmm. times to playing it and that's kind of one of the things that's been difficult for us to where we're kind of thinking maybe eventually instituting like one day a month on like a weekend that is kind of an rpg day for like where yeah. we play D and stuff like that because it's just so hard to squeeze in other times you know even for our our weekly game nights it's difficult because they're kind of short as we all now 
are older and we all have jobs that we and might other get responsibilities out and other responsibilities. That creep up, yeah. So, um, you know, sometimes on Fridays we're tired and stuff like that. So we don't want to go real late at night or we don't get started as early as we used to. Yeah. Um, so that makes it where it's harder for us to do those kind of games on those nights. So we have to kind of eventually make a commitment to hosting those on a separate day where we can have longer sessions mm-hmm. and commit to that. Um, so that we can play those games because we like them. It's just we don't have enough time to play them. Right. That great point. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. And then when it and then along with that, you then also have to ask yourself: Am I willing to commit to the accessories that might go along with the game true, or the expansions? Very true. Yeah. Because like that, like let's just take your role playing example. Uh-huh. That's a fantastic door you just opened for this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so along with D and D, let's just I mean, there's other role playing games. We yeah. acknowledge that, but D and D's the Standard, and that's what most of you will understand. When it's we're the standard about. peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah. that everyone's had and knows and loves. You know, <laughs> um, along with D and D, you have to buy a set of dice. You have to get your character sheets. Yes, someone has to get the rule book. Mm-hmm. Someone probably also needs to get an adventure, or if they're going to draw it up themselves, they need to make that commitment. Yeah, to, like, which is write another it themselves. Time commitment. You need to make sure you have monster stats. You need to make sure you have a list of available goods they can buy from the stores. You know, mm-hmm. and treasures and. And, you know, all these other side things that can happen because I promise you this, potential future Game Masters, you will have a plan to lead them down a certain path in your adventure and they will say, what's this over here? And completely ignore your path. Exactly. Um, You can land the most wonderful yellow brick road to the Emerald City that they would ever want. Mm -hmm. And they'll be like, I'm going to go mess around with the Scarecrow's cornfield for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I think that the thing is, too, those things can be a slippery slope into, you know, look at us. We have a ton of miniatures now that I've painted and purchased. And those are expensive. And, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's something that I like to do. And then you see a new one and you're like, oh, I haven't finished these, but I like this one, too. And I want to buy it. And there's that's not the only type of game that's like that, you know. I mean, there's obviously tons of role-playing games. There's ones that have tons of miniatures and other stuff that you could purchase to go mm-hmm. along with it. Um, but there's also other games where it's just there's tons of different expansions and things. And you kind of enter into that world and it's hard not to sometimes get the expansion and stuff. I mean, look at Ticket to Ride for us. We really like Ticket to Ride, and we have a ton of expansions of it. And when a new one comes I out... I think you have eight now. Yeah. And when a new one comes out, it's hard not to want it, you know? So yeah. there's definitely some games that I've looked at and thought, ooh, I would like that. But then you're like, ooh, but do I really want to go down that road? Yeah. Do right. I really want to start committing to that? And I mean, as fun as Ticket to Ride is, and we can still break open the very first one we got, which was Ticket to Ride Europe. Yeah. And still have a good time with it, you know? When you see a new map with new potentials, you're like, mm-hmm. I want to play. And it, or like, you know, they all. What's brilliant too about Ticket to Ride is they all kind of have their own little extra thing, you, right? So something like, that makes them unique. Yeah, yeah, but it also makes it fun sometimes to just go back to the basics. Sometimes mm-hmm. depending, and we have so many now too that we have ones that accommodate different numbers of people so that also will depend yeah we just we recently got the ticket to ride london which is yes. one of the mini ones that i think only goes up to like three players yeah four. but um it's supposed to be a very quick one like mm-hmm. you only have like 10 cars and yeah that's it. and but all the routes are like super short mm-hmm. it's, it's like literally a five minute ticket to it's ride. yeah it's a mini game mm-hmm. exactly so yeah um but yeah so those are some of the obstacles you got to overcome if you're going to be willing to commit to certain yeah. games. I mean, some games, you don't have to worry about that. Something like 
King of Tokyo, where it's just rolling dice real quick. Yeah, that's pretty easy. And yeah, like, I don't think that takes a huge commitment. To yeah, learn. and a lot of the a lot of some of our favorite card games aren't a huge commitment mm-hmm. as far as time or that's the thing too. We always kind of look at when it comes to time. Okay, you know we don't have a lot of time, or we know that maybe someone might have to leave. So let's play something that we can stop at any time. Right. So like we might pull out a Cards Against Humanity because that can literally just be stopped at any time. And, right. Or know. I mean some other games like Potion Explosion. Uh huh. Like. You're kind of playing your own game, mm-hmm. and the only thing that's really affecting you is when other players pick marbles. Yeah. So, like, you might have seen something like, oh, darn, like, Amy took that, so I uh-huh. can't do that now because she messed up the combo I, I had in my head. But if if she suddenly has to leave, you can still keep playing. Mm-hmm. It's just you're no longer going to have her messing up your thing. You can even keep going solo and just be like, I'll give myself five turns, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, they, I think they even have a solo version in an app, don't they? Or yes, is it just you're sure. playing against a computer? No, you're playing against a computer. Okay. But yeah. still, like, you know, you can, some of those games you can even play solo or like if a player mm-hmm. drops out, especially if it's a cooperative game. Yeah. Like Pandemic, I have to leave. Okay, um, Jeremy will take over for your character as well. Yeah, yeah. For or we'll sure. have a group decision of like whenever it comes to your character, we'll all vote as to what we think that person should do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I think the greatest commitment of board games is the fact that they are much like potato chips and you can't just have one and so your collection will grow and take up space in your home space that used to have a stereo and lots of books but now now is a bunch of board game boxes also what started out as cute and neat and now is getting so full it's not quite cute and neat and stylized anymore that's why we're opening the friday's game night yard sales (laughs) i know right (laughs) well because we have so many games greg Let's talk about um, some of the games that maybe shouldn't be on our shelves anymore. Okay, so this is going to be uh, our list of the top five games that we personally have purchased and have in our collection, but have some regret or another about. Yeah, we have some buyer's remorse over them. Ooh, buyer's remorse. I forgot about that term. Yes, I love it. Well, so there's one that we have that it's actually a recent purchase, and it's one that poor Greg had had his um, eyes on for a while now and was very excited. And we actually had a fun story about that one because we happened to um, find it in a game store, and it said that it was, like, super cheap, and it's a fairly new game um, because it was missing the pieces. Mm -hmm. And you opened it up in the store and discovered that the pieces that were missing were not required pieces, and it was something we could easily replace if we wanted to. Yeah. Um, so we bought it for, you know, a much very discounted price. Um, and that is Nyctophobia. Yeah. It's such a cool concept of it a game. It is a cool concept. It, okay. This game, you know what this game is? It's Crystal Pepsi. <laughs> it's a really cool idea of having something that's kind of familiar that you would like a board game. But then having a cool twist on it uh-huh. that's not expected. And in this case... It's that four out of five players are blindfolded and cannot see anything. Mm -hmm. So they actually give you these like complete blackout glasses that you can wear. Yes, which work really good. Very good. Yeah. And the fifth player, they are four players trying to find their way through the dark woods at night. Yes. And it's set up with this modular board that you can use these pointy like trees. Yeah. To like essentially build a hedge maze. Yeah, it's very like, it's all kind of touch oriented. So Mm -hmm. everything's done in a way so that... You can kind of tell by touch what different things are. And so the vampire character has to like take your finger, put it onto your character, mm-hmm. and then you have to slowly feel around up, down, left, and right, just one space 
because just like how at night and you kind of can see in front of you but kind of not because we're not owls yeah we don't have night vision yeah so you can only just see okay i can see some trees that direction so it's not going to be this way looks more like an open field to my left so let's go that way and you're trying to find your lost friend in the woods yes but while you're going around there's also the vampire character and if you accidentally run into him he attacks you Mm -hmm. and so it's pretty much no one can die yeah. But they all have to get your friend and get back to the car. Mm-hmm. And it's very fun. I play as the vampire character. Mm-hmm. So I would constantly be going around and, you know, being like, give me your pointer finger. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and then you grab the finger and you put it so they're touching right on top uh-huh. of theirs. And I would warn you, like, you're right next to me. Uh-huh. If you accidentally guess the wrong direction to explore and yeah. you touch my character, you're dead. Mm-hmm. And so be like, oh, God, which way do I go? Yeah. But the problem is that... Going around with a full game of like four players mm-hmm. plus the vampire, going back to your turn takes a long time. It takes a long time. And also as someone who was blindfolded, you know, or, or had the blackout glasses on, it's not a lot of fun to just sit there with blackout glasses on. And I mean, like, <laughs> I might have been able to try to make it more atmospheric. Like I could have put on like some more spooky music. Yeah. And also like if we, I think maybe if we had been playing it either with less players or or maybe that being that this was just our first time, maybe mm-hmm. the rounds would have gone a little bit faster. Yeah. But yeah, it's definitely difficult to just sit there blindfolded. It's not as engaging as a normal board game is. I feel like this is a game where like everyone has to fully commit to their character. Too. Yeah. You have to be willing to like play your part. Uh-huh. And if you're just there to play a game, it's not going to be as good. If you were there to like act and really get into it, mm-hmm. kind of role play it. Because all the people who are like the survivors in the woods, they are like the cheerleader, the jock, yeah. the forest guy, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. So like, if we were like, yay, go people, go, you know, kind of like <laughs> yeah. the cheerleader, or like, I'm going to find him first. Uh-huh. You know? That could have been maybe fun because yeah. then like, you're still hearing each other talk throughout the woods. Yeah. But as it is like, not willing to get into that. So if you don't have people who are willing to commit to like, be fun and a little bit mm-hmm. silly like that and still like get into the fear of things, it's not going to be a good game. Yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's one that I, I hope we get to play it again sometime, mm-hmm. but it's not one that's going to hit our shelves or hit, hit the table very often. No. It might be one that in the future we might see about like trading. Once every or, Halloween yeah. or something, maybe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, the good thing is we did get it quite discounted. Oh, yeah. So that at least was good, but it was kind of a regrettable one. Mm-hmm. Um, one for me that. I loved when we first played it, Mm -hmm. but then like we never just quite caught the fever after that was Cult Express. Yeah. I love the little 3D train set that Uh we have for it, you know, where you can build it and you can put your little dudes up above Uh or below and all that. But just for some reason, and it's not any knock against the game itself. No. This game is popular. Yeah. It has its own like video game version on Steam. Mm -hmm. And it has expansions. It's got expansions that shows that like it's well received yeah it's just for us personally mm-hmm. it, it's an it's really a taste or opinion as you want to yeah. call it it's a mechanic that doesn't we work just, for everyone we're not so much into the pre-programmed mechanic yeah. of your cards as we thought we were yeah the idea of like you have to lay out your cards blind before your turn actually happens yeah so that then you're putting stuff down and so is the other person and you don't know what they did. So like you could totally ruin your turn because of something they did. And then you're like, oh geez, well, great. That's fantastic. Yeah. I think, um, so I do, I think cold express works okay as a two player game. Mm -hmm. Um, 
if you play with more people, yeah, that that pre-programmed mechanic of your you're making your selection on what you're going to do for your turn before you know what everyone else is doing and stuff like that. I think that just doesn't work for all groups, and it just doesn't really work for our. Well, because if I remember correctly, at the time we played with four players, like three of us were kind of like in a tussle near the back, uh-huh. and one of us was like up at the front of the train, just running free. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, clearly, like by the time we realize that that person's like not having to deal with uh-huh. any of the nonsense that we're getting on in. Like, okay, so they're going to win because they're just having at all the treasure. Well, and I think what's fun when it's a two-player is, you know, you do something like, oh, okay, we're right next to each other. So I'm on my turn, I'm going to shoot them or or punch Mm -hmm. them or whatever it is. And then you go to start putting your cards down and they, right before you get to that card, move. And you're like, oh, I, so I wasted not, that. Yeah. yeah, but so that's kind of funny when it's two people, but yeah. when it's a big group, that becomes tedious and, mm. you know. The thing I do like about it, though, is they have the train route cards uh-huh. for, like, what the train's going through. Like, it's going over a bridge, it's going through a tunnel, and that can actually affect how the game is playing each yeah. time. So I think that random element is also fun. Mm-hmm. But like I said, just for us, we have a little bit of buyer's remorse about it because we've never really had it hit our table too often. Yeah. So I would definitely say in this instance understand what the mechanics are uh-huh. and know that you and your group enjoy that mechanic mm-hmm. because it's very hard to like buy a game that you like yeah and then suddenly realize like oh i don't like this as much as i thought yeah. or even worse that like someone in your group hates mm-hmm. and then they're like i never want to play that because i hate like roll to move games or yeah whatever. yeah it's one that definitely it's probably worth playing before you buy if possible mm-hmm. Um, well, like I said, they have and, a version on Steam. Yeah. And I don't think it's that expensive. I think it's actually cheaper to buy it on Steam than mm-hmm. the actual board game. And I know that board games have their own tactile fun. So if yeah. you want to get the board game, I'm not saying don't do that. I'm just saying maybe try it on Steam for like the $8. Uh-huh. Or wait for like a Steam sale so it's like $3. Yeah. You know, do that first. Uh-huh. And then if you like it, commit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and I think the problem is too, we don't, that's like our only game that's like that. Yeah. And so we didn't really realize kind of how well that mechanic would play out with the rest of our group. And since we'd only played it two player previously, mm. you know, we didn't really know how that would work. So um, another one you would hit hit on earlier is one that you and I like it a lot. So you and I will play it every now and then. Yeah. But um, is Galaxy Trucker. Which I had mentioned before. Yes. yes. So that one um, has not gone over well with our group of friends. No. Um, they don't like it. They don't understand it. The idea of having to build your ship in a timed uh, sequence, they don't like. So it's one that, you know, it's kind of regrettable in a sense that it doesn't get out to the table very often. Mm -hmm. But it's one that just you and I will sometimes play together. Well, you know, there's different skill sets Mm -hmm. and different, like, mental processing and unpacking of certain problems. Uh Some people are really good at doing math in their head. Uh Some people are really good at remembering where they are in like a map. Yeah. You know, like cognitive maps. And some people are really good about like rotating images in their mind. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people have other skills. And it's just, this is one of those games where like you have to constantly think about like how the pipes are connecting, Mm -hmm. what options you have in the future versus what could come up and like how you want the thing to be built. And you're also doing it in a race against everyone else. Yeah. So it's like a frantic, like, oh, I need this part. Oh, this part looks good. Oh, maybe I can use this. Yeah, maybe you I have to think very fast. Oh, I, can't, I can't use this. I got to throw it back away, you know? Yeah, you have to think really fast and um, strategically. And so, and that's the hard part that I've noticed some players have is that it's hard to kind of do the patch your head and rub your stomach of being strategic and quick. Yeah. They yeah. can do one or the other, but not both. And I understand that. I, there's lots of things that they do in games that are great that I can't. Mm-hmm. You know, 
some people are really fantastic with adding up numbers mm-hmm. for like D&D stuff really fast. And I always need a minute because yeah. I'm not that good at doing math in my head. I'll, uh-huh. I'll admit it, you know, but um, it's just, that's a skill that I'm good at. I'm good at making those quick critical decisions mm-hmm. and then like committing to it. I'm like, okay, so I'm locked in. So now I'll have to deal with that consequence, <laughs> you know, of like whatever. I'll, I'll probably regret doing that later and say, well, that was stupid to put the laser there. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> Yeah, so that's just one that's a little bit regrettable just because it, it doesn't really get to come out that often. Yeah. Um, we do have another one, though, that was another kind of cheap buy. So that was a good thing, but it didn't turn out too good. And that was um, Captain Sonar. Yeah. <laughs> which, you know, um, there's two versions. There's the four-player version, eight-player version. When I first heard about this game, I was like, yes, that. And I really wanted the eight-player version, but I was like, we're never going to get a chance to play with eight people. Yeah, we rarely have eight people We rarely have more than, like, four or five, you know? Yeah. So, like, eight is like, no. So, but I found out there's a four-player version. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, that's perfect. And we found it in the uh, bargain bin at Target. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I got it on discount. Mm-hmm. I got it for, like, I think 10 bucks. Yeah, we got it like pretty that. cheap. Like, pretty ridiculously cheap. And I was so excited to share with everybody. And then... Like, I'm thinking, like, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be awesome. And then we start playing it, and everybody hates it. Because <laughs> the problem is, it's a game where you have to constantly, like, it's like real-time strategy. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I'm doing my thing while they are doing their thing. And one person has to, like, be barking out orders for, like, go north, go east, go south, mm-hmm. go west. And then the other person has to be listening to the other team about where they're going. And you have to kind of strategize like, okay, they could be here, they could be there. So you're actively listening and talking. So it's technically two conversations going on at the same time. Yeah. And you're trying to listen to your your ally and the other person. Mm-hmm. And it was just like too much for everyone's head. Yeah. You know, like I, once again, it's a skill set that I can do. Mm-hmm. And I love to try to, you know, work through that. But everyone else is like, wow, that's too much for me. Yeah. And I think right there, you know, it kind of goes back to our main theme here of commitment. Um, It was one that just immediately our friends were just like, no, I don't want to do this. Like it was, you know, we barely got through the first round and it was just like, this is a no. (laughs) And I mean, that's hard, but at the same time, it was only $10 that Mm -hmm. I got on discount. So I wasn't too upset. Yeah. But at the same time, a little heartbroken. (laughs) But I learned my lesson Mm -hmm. about when you want to commit to a game, it's not just you, it's community yeah well i mean the thing is when you buy board games the idea is you're playing it with multiple people if you know that nobody else is going to want to play this game but you you know it's hard to justify purchasing that um knowing that it's not going to get played right and that there's so many games that i have passed on the shelf Mm -hmm. that i want so bad Mm -hmm. but i know for a fact that we're not going to play i mean i can tell you many of them right now but (laughs) we don't have enough time in this podcast to list them all Mm -hmm. And then the last one that we have that is a regrettable one. Though I will say this. This was a birthday gift to me uh-huh. many years ago. So, I mean. You didn't necessarily pay for it. I got it for free. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's Flying Frog's Invasion from Outer Space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say Flying Frog, the company, because they've done many other games that are very similar. Like Last Night on Earth. Mm-hmm. The one about zombie invasion. This particular one is Martians invading like circus. So you have uh-huh. like the strong man, the bearded lady fighting back. And... I regret having this one for a couple reasons. Number one, all the other versions they have of this game, those all have expansions. This is the only version of that game they made that had not one expansion. Yeah, which I think is like having us us having played it, 
I see why there are some kind of fundamental issues with the, the mechanics. It, because, I think what it is, is because the Martians are too complex. Yeah. And the, it's just, it's not very balanced. So I think that's like fundamentally yeah. the problem with it. So that's why like it probably didn't do as well as the, the others. The problem is that the Martians are really powerful because they can punch and shoot laser guns uh-huh. at all times from the word go. Plus they're constantly like gathering energy points. Yeah. And they're constantly multiplying. Yeah, constantly multiplying, and they're gathering energy to work towards building better technologies or getting cool power-up cards. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, the heroes have to essentially waste one of their turns to hopefully pull a good card from the deck. You have to really work to get powerful enough to be able to defeat the Martians. And while the heroes are naturally stronger than the Martians, it's a matter of attrition. It's the Martians are constantly coming. They will wear you down. You know, so, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. I do like that it has several different fun characters that all have different attributes that are kind of cool to work with, you mm-hmm. know? I like the setting of the fun house. And it does actually fit perfectly with the zombie one. So you can actually, it actually advises you. You can mix and match. Uh-huh. You can have zombie Martians fighting against uh, the, the townsfolk and the traveling circus, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And I like that the game comes with different scenarios, almost like it's different episodes of, like, at the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. So there's different objectives to do and all sorts of fun tokens in there. But it's just one of those ones where, yeah, it it's honestly unbalanced. Yeah. And the rules are a little bit dense. And so not much well so written. that I had to write myself a cheat sheet for when yeah, I first opened the box well of like, here's how the Martian ray guns work. Yeah. Here's how this works. Because honestly, trying to find it through like the 20 page rule book is, uh, and yeah, it just jumps around a lot. <laughs> I, I love that game and I love the producer. Yeah, and, and he painted stuff. the miniatures. They were my only real paint job, but yeah. I, did, I did a good job. No, you did a good job, yeah. With your tutelage. <laughs> but I will say, I'm not giving up. No, it's not disappearing from our shelf anytime soon. No, I'm saying I want to go a step further. Mm-hmm. I want to go to the next level and get fortune and glory. Oh, God. Which <laughs> is their like big box, yes, which I've is essentially. It. It's, it's the same kind of game, but it's essentially Indiana Jones, mm. where you are adventurers going around the world trying to find lost artifacts before the Nazis get them. <laughs> and I think it's so fun. But that's honestly one of the ones I wanted to break out and play. Uh-huh. We went to Game House, but once again, we did not have a table big yeah, enough Yeah, and that. it was huge, yeah. That, the board alone would not have fit on yeah. the table. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, those are... Our re- regrettable purchases, yeah. yeah. And I think it's a good time to kind of do this a little bit because we are sort of entering the holiday season. I was about to say Christmas is coming. And it's, you know, these are things to think about and maybe these are some games that you might want to steer clear of or, you know, just things that you might think of when you are purchasing games as a gift or for yourself. If you're purchasing games as a gift mm-hmm. and you don't want to spoil the prize, surprise, yeah. and you don't want to spoil the surprise, like you don't want to say, hey, can I buy you a... Yeah, you do know, you like this game? You know, if you want it to be an honest surprise, mm-hmm. here's what you do. Look at what's on their shelf already. Uh-huh. Right? Get that list and then go find out. Like, if you go onto, like, BoardGameGeek.com uh-huh. and then you type in those games, they actually have, like, tags, like, keywords mm-hmm. that are associated with that game. Right? So if it says, like, dice rolling or if it says deck building yeah, or something like that, find out what is, like, some of the common themes mm-hmm. in the games that they have. Mm-hmm. Because think about, like literary preferences yeah some people love to read romantic novels because yeah. they're they're romantic at heart mm-hmm. you know so you're gonna go buy them like some gothic horror yeah like, probably not that's, <laughs> like, what is this yeah you know? i mean frankenstein has kind of a you know yeah art, i mean it's really. it, you know all of all of the things like your um your your different bookstores and everything like that 
or even any, something where you're looking at movies, they're going to show you like similar yeah. ones. Um, board Game Geek is the place to go for similar board and games. And they'll do that at the very bottom. If you scroll down, yeah. they'll be like, hey, like let's just say you type in Ticket to Ride. Mm-hmm. If you scroll down, they will not only show you expansions to Ticket to Ride, but they'll say you might also like this other game. Yeah, yeah. And you're not going to necessarily get that with like an Amazon or something like that. It's just going to show you other popular games. Whereas Board Game Geek is actually... A bit more tailored it's, towards It's a bit more tailored towards board games and that's that's what it's going to do because it's not trying to sell you board games it's trying to show you other games it's trying to inform you right so think about the key type of game Uh and game mechanics involved here think about the space that they have to play with Mm -hmm. like you know i would not get my nephew like a huge board game that he can only play on his tiny little table yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and then think about like do they have enough um resource let's just say resource in general available to them whether it's time people who are interested to play yeah things like that in order to commit and have fun with yeah this. well it's kind of like okay if we're gonna buy something for your sister yeah. right we know one that her kids are, are younger so there's a lot of games that they might not be able to play that maybe her and her husband would want to play yeah but we also know that they don't have a lot of people up there to play these games with so we're not going to get them something that requires a huge amount of people because we know they're rarely going to ever get to play that because they don't have enough people to play Exactly. It. So we're going to look at more of your two-player, four-player games. Yeah, and maybe something that's entertaining for adults, mm-hmm. but that possibly one of the older kids at least uh-huh. could grasp. Yeah. You know, and then maybe the younger siblings can like team up together and help, or they could be a mommy's team or you know daddy's team or whatever. So, like, you know, just... Five minutes of research mm-hmm. will do you a lot of good in yep. terms of uh, figuring out which ones to get for the <laughs> holiday season. So happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas when you see it next month. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know what's never regrettable, Craig? Escape rooms. Escape rooms. Yeah. But we've done a couple stinkers. But remember, <laughs> even a bad escape room gives a good story. Yep. So let's go into our escape room report. You know, Greg, I'm always surprised when a new room opens up really close to us that, like, it it seems like every time a new room opens really close to us, it's like, oh, my God, there's, there's a new room. Like, how did we not hear about this? How, mm-hmm. Like, you just feel like after we've done so many rooms, like, we're kind of in the know now. So it's always surprising, like, when a room opens that, like, we didn't hear about beforehand. You think our ear would be closer to the ground sort of thing? You would speaking? think, yeah. Um, so this was a room that opened up. And the great thing about this room is not only was it an escape room, which we always appreciate when new escape rooms open, especially ones close to home, because it's always great to not have to drive into L.A., um, but also, it was near our favorite pokey place. <laughs> so we're like, hey. Win, win. <laughs> lunch and a show. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so this one's kind of interesting. Um, and it, this is kind of one of the reasons we wanted to try it out. So this place that opened up, it was called um, Escape the Room Riverside. Mm-hmm. And I'm using past tense because they have since changed their name since we were there. And so if you are into escape rooms, you will know that Escape the Room is a franchise Mm -hmm. um, that's in many locations. We've never done any of their stuff before. but um, So a lot of us thought that they were a part of that franchise. But very soon quickly figure out that they were not part of that franchise. So I believe that is why they've had to now change their name. Because you cannot just use the name of another franchise. (laughs) I've always said the problem with escape rooms is that there's like certain keywords 
that they mm. like to try to get True. in there. Like it's always like throw in the word escape, throw in the word exit, throw in the word unlock. Yeah. Throw in the word, you know, whatever. You know. Yeah, well I mean I can see where like they the kind 16. of they kind of want their um their name to be show what it is that they do so people understand. And I understand what it that, is. but at the same time like they all start to blend together. Yeah. And and I don't think so their new name is Escape Rooms Riverside County, which I feel is kind of a weak name. <laughs> yeah. You know what? But, Just come up with something original. Yeah. You know, like the one other one that's Riverside, Wizards and Wires. Exactly. That's very memorable. I never forget that. But mm-hmm. for any other escaping that we do, when we do these reports, I have to make sure I write down the name because there's no way I'm going to recall. Yeah. Yeah. And you're always like... Oh man, what was it called? Like escape this or exit this or unlock this. You know, it's just like you, they all start to sound the same after a while. Like there's that one that we did in LA, like number one escape. Like that means nothing to me. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, don't um, get me wrong, the rooms are good, but like the name itself. Uh, yeah, you know. exactly. Um, so we did a room um, called the Bat Lair. Yeah. And we were curious about this room because. The, so the room is called the Bat Layer, and it is sort of Batman themed, right? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that's interesting is in the description, it literally says, The Cape Crusader needs your help. A plot to take over the world's most famous city is in the works. Stuck in Wayne Manor, your team's mission is to find the hidden Bat Layer. Solve the clues and puzzles left by Mr. Wayne himself and summon the League of Superheroes in time to send up the bat signal. So, I mean, they are, they're not saying Batman. No, 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 no. They, but, but they say Wayne Manor, which is the proper name of his location. Yeah, in, they say. In DC Comics. They say Cape Crusader. They say Cape Crusader. They say Bat Signal. Uh, League of Superheroes. Yeah, yeah it's just, I, like, I, I we the need to. The only difference is, like, I, as I know it, it's the Bat Cave, not the Bat Lair. Like, Maybe. in the actual comics. I, I noticed the Batcave. But, like, but, Cape Crusader is for sure Batman. Like, and that it, is what he's yes, called. they're saying Mr. Wayne, not Bruce Wayne. Yeah. So they can say, oh, it's someone else, not Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like, it's just, you. like, I, I really want to know. And I, I we I'm need to find... I'm surprised they didn't say Dwayne Manor. I know, right? We need to find someone who is an expert on this. And I'm sure I can find someone. I need. I want to know where is that line when for it comes copyright to... copyright law? Yeah, when it comes to using IP, which is intellectual property for anyone who's wondering. IP. Um, where is that line, you know? Because um, this mean, is blatantly, they're using Batman. Yeah, and I mean, we've seen it a lot in Harry Potter rooms where it's sort of like they dance around it and, you know, you're like, okay, well, where where is that line? And I really want to know. But that was one of the reasons that we wanted to go to this because we wanted to see, okay, it's clearly Batman themed. Well, what is it that they're doing here, you know? Um, so we went out and we did the Bat Lair. Um, and... <laughs> This room was interesting. <laughs> but interesting, do you mean a hot mess of flaming garbage? Well, okay, so what's weird is when you first go in, and once again, we're talking just a normal sort of business park setting. Mm. So you you know you're not going to be in for anything too extreme because there's only so much they can do. Yeah. And in some respects, I will say I was a little bit pleasantly surprised in some respects. In some respects. So the first thing is you were led into literally a white room with nothing. Yeah, it's like a 8 by 10 room. Uh-huh. And it has uh, a trash can in the corner. Yeah. It has a clock. A, a clock, maybe a picture on the wall, and a door that's clearly locked that you can't get in. And like a little shelf that has nothing on it. Yeah. <laughs> it is the most boring room there ever was. Yeah. Like, there is nothing in this room. Well, and the, the idea is, I understand, is that basically you were there for some reason and 
you know, something happened in the city, and so you've been ushered into the safe panic room or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, okay, yes, it is plain, I guess. Um, But, you know, and it did make it very challenging because, like, it is so plain that you're like, I have nothing to go off to figure out how to get out. (laughs) Okay, but even for a panic room, it was boring. Yeah. Like, I've seen the movie Panic Room, Uh and there's more in there. There's at least a place to sit. Yeah. There's, like, a TV or radio to monitor. And, like, the easiest thing they could do in the world here is put a TV into the wall mm-hmm. that, like, is showing mass chaos outside. True, That yeah. is just, like, arcs so of footage like, of, like, out. riots in the street, mm-hmm. explosions and, you know, like, stuff like that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The easiest thing in the world to do, so that way we at least understand why am I in this panic room? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because, like, the most famous city in the world, quote, quote, a.k.a. Gotham City, mm-hmm. is under, like, siege. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, yeah, it's very simple. It did make it difficult because we didn't have very much to go on. Um, once you finally do get out of that room, which I, to tell you the truth, I don't even remember how we got out. I don't either because it was so boring. It was so, yeah, it was, it was very unmemorable. Um, but then you get into essentially the, you know, back cave and it does like, it looks very cave like. And so that part was somewhat impressive to me. Yes. I will admit. I wasn't expecting random jagged walls. It had very high ceilings. Yeah. So so it felt like you were actually in a cave. Yeah. So that looked really cool. In fact, the walls were so rough that Gray actually hurt himself on them. (laughs) Well, it's because you're going down like a dark corridor into the cave Uh and the walls are actually literally rough. So like I scraped the heck out of my elbow. Yeah. Going, you know, into Mm -hmm. the thing. And like, I actually, guys, I bled a little bit for this room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was just like, if you've ever rubbed against um, like stucco or something, you know, like that stuff takes a long time to heal for whatever reason. So he had a quite an ouchie for a while. Yeah. Um, not bad enough that I had to like stop the game or anything. I'm like, I'm no, not a wuss. But, so I'm not going to be like, me, me, enough me, me. so that like even like hours later, you're like, oh man, my arm hurts. Yeah. Like, um, but then so you get in that room and it's sort of, you know, there's like a computer station and some like kind of tactical boxes and things like that. Which you would expect. I yeah. Mean. Um, but there, you know, the puzzles, essentially what it is, is you're finding out like keywords that are like the different superheroes passwords which will like summon them essentially um and like it's just the logic leaps to get some of those are how you figure out like one of the combinations to one of the boxes is you find it in like a poster and like we couldn't figure it out or whatever and because it didn't you know it seemed too like oh it's the you know oh it's the year that the comic came out and it was like okay well that seemed way too simple but okay maybe that's on us Mm. but um the the boxes had no correlation to the poster and even in one of the hints we got they're like oh well it's the superman box and we're like what is indicating that this is a superman box there is nothing once again it's one of those rooms where you get a clue or like a coat and it's like tried on everything because you don't know what it goes to yeah exactly um and then also just some of the props like you know the the theming was okay in this room so you're like okay this is impressive but then you know you have wonder woman's sword and it's this cheap little kid toy sword you know and you're like oh okay yeah. you know like you can get like a proper like replica sword that's not sharp that people won't hurt themselves with that is not a toy plastic sword yeah. you know um, so that was like kind of disappointing. And like, we had to take like, quote, the lasso of truth and wrap it around uh-huh. the sword to like get an answer, which is cool. I like that. But you it took combine... like two seconds. Well, A, it took two seconds and B, I don't think they were actually, if I remember correctly, they didn't use an actual like rope of any kind. It was like a ribbon. It was thing. like a ribbon and that's, it was just like a gold colored ribbon. Like that's not a lasso. Yeah. Like you can do this on an actual you know, yellow rope. And it's easy to get yellow rope, guys. That's it's like the so primary easy. color they sell it in. <laughs> yeah, so go get a regular yellow rope 
do that, you know, yeah. and not this like, you know, I'm like really this gold piece of like shredded like shirt yeah. is the lasso of truth. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it was just like that kind of, it was like disappointing and like the, the codes that you had to get in were so easy that one of them we guessed. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> not to spoil anything, but there is. But let, spoiler alert. We're not recommending this. Right, yeah, yeah. So. so, so there are several popular catchphrases. I won't spoil mm-hmm. as to which one it is. But there's several popular catchphrases that are between the DC heroes, mm-hmm. you know, such as Superman's like, it's a bird, it's a plane, it's yeah. Superman. So kind of imagine in that realm, right? Yeah. And so like, it's not that one, I'll tell you that. But let's just imagine for the first one, Summon Wonder Woman, you just type in, it's a bird. Mm-hmm. And then for, uh, you know, the Green Lantern, it's a plane. Yeah. You know? And like, it, as long as you like get what the first one is, you can literally just fill in the rest of that phrase and skip two or three puzzles. Yeah. Just by going like, oh, I know how the rest of this goes. Uh-huh, yeah. And then um, after you finally do get out of this room, you essentially just go into this hallway and you're done. And it was just like, oh, that that's it. Okay. And so what was funny about this outing is so we did this room and we got out like, you know, maybe 20 minutes max. Like we were not in there very long. And so we went and we went and got pokey or whatever, and we're eating our pokey. And um, th- this pokey place that we like, it does take a little while. Yeah. Like it's kind of slow because it's just like um, they have to, you know, make each bowl and all this other stuff. Um, and so we're sitting there eating, and our friend looks down at his watch and goes, "Oh, our time would be up now." And like we had pretty much were like almost finished with our lunch, and we hadn't even used the full. We hour. spent more time in the panic room than we did in the actual bat lair. Because panic know. room was the hardest part. Yeah, just because there's because so little there's to so go little on. Because there's so little go on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was just like you know, I mean, we it's kind of like this weird dichotomy where. We want to, you know, it's fun to finish a room quickly yeah. and be like, oh man, we we just ruled we that room. It, yeah. We crushed it. Um, but at the same time, you know, you fin- if you finish too fast and sometimes you feel like, well, you know, the only reason we finished so fast is there wasn't enough to that room. There just wasn't. And it's not like you're like, oh, I'm, you know, in some cases like, well, I didn't get my, I feel like I didn't get my money's worth. No. I didn't get my time's worth. I didn't, you know, I, I don't feel like we really accomplished anything because there just wasn't enough to it. There's other times where you do a really hard room and you get out fast and you're just like, yeah, we crushed it. It was great. Like you don't feel like you lost money or anything because well, it was still challenging. I think part of the experience is the theming and the uh-huh. level of dedication to it. And this one, it was very low like the, the best thing they did was the walls of the back cave mm-hmm. and the fact that and up, some of the lighting the lighting in there was good it felt like you're in a cave with just mm-hmm. lights here or there you know to kind of like someone illuminate you the problem is that then i scraped my arm on the wall because i couldn't see where i was going uh, yeah so like that's a safety hazard but the only really cool thing about the theming and the set decoration was there was this part above up high mm-hmm. where you can see the night sky through a hole in the cave and you're supposed to shine the bat signal up there. Yeah. Well, not shine the bat signal. You're supposed to point a laser pointer at it. Yeah. And then apparently you hit the right spot, then the bat signal appears. Like, mm-hmm. guys, there are actually filters you can put onto laser pointers that makes them project out whatever you want. Popular yeah. images. One of them that is sold is the bat signal. Yeah. You should have gotten that head onto the laser pointer. So I'm literally pointing the bat signal up there. Uh huh. Yeah. How great would that be? That'd mm-hmm. be the best because I feel like I actually am shining the bat signal, not just signaling for the bat signal to be signaled. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You could have like a great theme puzzle and if you or a great themed room and if you get out quick, mm-hmm. you still feel like you got something cuz like yeah. you know, as long as the puzzles were decent and like the room looked good. Yeah. Well, know, yeah, like, okay, I mean sure. you can you can have a challenging room 
that you get out of quickly just because for whatever reason I got that or I, we were just really on our mm. A game and you know you still feel good about it. But then there's times that you get out of a room quickly and you're like, well, they're just like there was only like three puzzles, so that's why we got out. So and fast. also like, the that decoration was you know, like all like you said about like the toy sword. All of the actual like props were kind of cheap, you know. Yeah, and that's- it was just like you know, there's better stuff out there. And since they did do a good job with the back cave and that room, it was just like. You could so easily do better, you know. It, I know, I know. There's a concern about yeah. stuff getting broken and things like that, but like part of your thing is going to be wear and tear. Yeah, you've got to expect it. But also, like if you do get a higher quality sword, it's probably not going to get broken. Yeah. And the one thing I was really disappointed about was the back computer itself, because yeah. one of the cool things they show in every single Batman thing is this back computer is this big massive thing, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, they're not going to build a big massive thing with all these screens. Mm-hmm. Granted, I you know, but still. Like, their computer on your desktop right now looks more cool than the computer they had for the back. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because I actually have, like, a touchscreen and everything. Yeah, so. and so, like, for the back computer, what they should have done at least is build, like, some sort of cardboard thing that you can put a screen uh-huh. into, and then it has a whole bunch of other stuff on it that looks important. Yeah. But, like, you don't interact with it, but, mm-hmm. like, it looks cool, you know? And that's kind of, like, the thing. It's, there's not even facades, really. To yeah. most of the stuff. It's just like, oh, this is the Aquaman corner. Mm-hmm. Go do Aquaman things over here, and then we'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, it was just, you know, and it was kind of weird because, like, the the guys who were running it were, like, these young teenage kids, mm-hmm. um, which it was the weekend and stuff. But they were, like, saying, oh, well, you know, this, this room's really great because, like, the guy who designed it, he actually designs, like, props for Marvel movies and all this stuff. So I, I, like, I remember at the time really? I was like... Well, that's interesting because you would think he would know more about intellectual property then. Yeah. Um, but then it was like, okay, well, the set design is really great. So this is cool. But then, like, you're like, oh, but I have a little toy plastic sword. like yeah. that. And when I when I say toy plastic sword, I literally mean, like, Fisher Price toy plastic sword. Like, they sword. bought this at a Halloween store. Like, yeah, they bought it or at like a Halloween store. Or, like, in the toy aisle of Toy At Rest. Target or something. Yeah. yeah like, the, we're talking toy sword, you know, like, doesn't look realistic at all. Um, so it was just like, oh, well, that's kind of disappointing, you know? <laughs> like, everything about this room is just a letdown. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. granted, we knew walking in, it's not going to be, like, an A-plus room, but we were hoping for at least a B-minus. Yeah. I mean, I would say, so what I would say about this room, and what the only, th- like, the people who this room would be good for are kids. Yeah. Kids, I'm sure, will have a great time in this room. But for adults or for enthusiasts, I would pass on this room just because there's there's not enough to it. You're going to get out really fast. I wouldn't waste my money on it, yeah. you know. But if you have a group of kids or something, they will have a blast in this room. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think that kids who know at least somewhat about the characters, you mm-hmm. know, who have seen some of the DC movies, they'll be like, oh, it's a Wonder Woman thing, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, it's a Superman, you know. And they'll be kind of cool. Then you can help them along with it. But honestly, like... It's like playing Candyland. Mm-hmm. Like, Candyland is a great game for little kids, you know, when they're learning how to do board games and how to, like, you know, take turns and follow rules uh-huh. and stuff. But for an adult, boring as all can be. <laughs> and that's what yeah. this room feels like. This feels like a starter room for kids. Yeah. It's got a fun theme on it they can recognize. Just like how Candyland is like, oh, it's candy. Don't mm-hmm. you like peppermint? Don't you like, you know, Sour Patch Kids or whatever? It's, yeah. I think it's a Candyland. But, like, and it's like, here, oh, don't you like Batman? You know, but, and also the story doesn't make sense. We would put uh, into a safe room, mm-hmm. and then because we're in Wayne Manor having a party, and so apparently Batman then goes out, right? But so, now we have to so, call so get, Batman. So, yeah, exactly. So Batman put us into the room, knowing that stuff's happening. Yeah. Then we break into his Batcave, 
Excuse me. Well, that, I think Alfred put us in the room. Who cares? So, <laughs> so we, we're put by either Alfred or Batman. Because mm-hmm. that's semantics. Because Alfred yeah. would tell Batman, yeah. hey, you need to go be Batman. Mm-hmm. You know. So then we're put into the room, and we have to type in passcodes into the computer to summon the other superheroes. Really, Batman has to remember a password to type in. To, like, yeah. he, like he has an automatic text alert, like, type in justice and Wonder Woman comes. I guess so you like, don't no. accidentally summon them. <laughs> Batman's not going to accidentally do anything. <laughs> and then at the very end, we had to shine the bat signal. The bat signal is to get Batman's attention to say, hey, something bad's happening. If we were put in the safe room in Wayne Manor by either Alfred or Bruce Wayne, he knows there's something happening. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's, it's silly. that. Mm-hmm. And also the problem is that as we go into the Batcave, at one point you shine a black light around and you find Joker graffiti. Like, the Joker's been in there. Oh, really? I don't yeah. remember that. No, there was Joker graffiti going like, ha, 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 mm-hmm. you know, stuff. Like, see part, you later, back. Part of the thing. problem is, and I, I think this shows in that it's not the best room, is that it, it was very forgettable. In fact, yeah. you at one point forgot we did this room. Like, I did. I, I, I told you, oh, we, we need to record for this one. And you were like, what? And I was like, yeah, don't you remember we did this room that one weekend? And you were like... Oh yeah, like we literally, we like it's kind just, of forgot. The story we did it. was a mess, you know, yeah. or the narrative, I should say, not story. There was just yeah, the puzzles were completely unmemorable. The only cool thing about this room that's at all noteworthy, like we said, is just the set decoration of the actual cave. Yeah, it does look like a cave. Yeah, but you know, it's it, yeah, that's it was, not worth. In a way, it's in. A, it's a, in a way, it's a shame because there's a lot they could do better, mm-hmm. you know, like, and okay. easily do better. Right. When we were there, before we wrap up, let me just add this little bit mm. to kind of reinforce your point about it's for kids. When we were there, we were in the lobby waiting, and there was, like, a little birthday party for, like, some 10-year-old girl mm-hmm. and, like, two of her friends plus, like, a couple moms. Yeah. And they were doing some other room there. Yeah, I don't remember what their other room is. It doesn't matter what the other room is, yeah. but they were doing another room, and they were like, oh, it's our first time doing escape rooms, and mom says I'm finally old enough. I'm like, yeah, because this place is perfect for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I seem to remember the... The guys saying something about, oh, yeah, we had, like, a group of, like, 12-year-olds in, and they did okay, and they got out of it by themselves. So, you know, like, that's, that I think is their target demographic, is it's it's mm-hmm. a good place for kids. But um, for adults or for enthusiasts, I wouldn't waste my time. Yeah, so, like, if you got a niece or nephew or a grandkid yeah. that you want to take somewhere, maybe. Yeah, it's just, like, they're, they're just, they're better rooms in that area. Yeah. So that's why. If it was the only thing in town, sure. But there's better stuff in town. Honestly, if it was the only thing in town, I'd say go to the next town. <laughs> Keep driving, you know. Um, but once again, so that is um, now called Escape Rooms Riverside County in Riverside, California. And we did the Bat Layer, which um, is, we did it with four, but it does go up to eight. It could easily uh, bunny okay, be done. Honestly, with... if you did this with eight people yeah. in that first panic room, you'd be stuck. Somebody would die. Yeah. Somebody would yeah. be crushed to death. Eight 10 year olds. <laughs> Um, yeah. Um, I would say this room could easily be done by two, two people, two adults. I think um, I could have done this room on my own. Probably, yeah. And still gotten out in a, maybe just 10 minutes after we did this We did, yeah. Because there's not much to it. Yeah, it's The it's hardest part is room. trying to figure out, because if I remember correctly, to get out of the room, you have to hold a magnet to a certain place on the wall or you something You have to like, like it's like a combination. You have to hold like a magnet and something else in a very specific place. And that And just the reason it. we had trouble getting out is because it was being one of those finicky electronic things where like it has to be exactly right. Otherwise yeah. It and count. it's not really clear where you have to put it. It's just sort of on this So shelf. we're just like moving this thing so, around like, is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Is it here? Just yeah. kind of like trying to guess and check all And of- why would the place in the panic room to get out be secret? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I mean like okay don't get me wrong there's like 
There's been countless ways in which Batman has got into the Batcave. Mm-hmm. The most classic one being Adam West, where it's a bust of Shakespeare. You tilt the head back and there's a red button. That's your giveaway. That's like an escape and, room. And the thing is, if they, is, you can buy those. Yeah. Like it's, those are readily available to purchase. Get that. Find a way to lock the head mm-hmm. so that like, or like you have to do something else and then you also press the button. Mm-hmm. And like make that work. Like yeah. that's given to you by the actual lore of yeah. Batman since Adam West in the sixties. Well, and the thing the, the thing too is even like you said, I think like your video idea is a good idea. And the thing is you could easily get like a bunch of stock footage of like disasters. That's what I'm saying. And then have like like have an actor and super like green screen it yeah where they're like oh my god gotham city blah 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 you the know the joker like, just set off a bomb yeah you know, the exactly. penguin is running amok you know yeah you could really like easily do it it's just there's so much they could do and the, and like i said it's so much they could do that wouldn't really cost that much more yeah. and wouldn't really take that much more effort and that it's kind of a shame because it's like oh you could do so much more and with honestly this. I, I i will admit this i think that first room really colored my perspective of the rest of the experience yeah because it was because like because it's so bland and first impressions do mean a lot yeah and my first impression of the room when i was first taken is like what is this this is it <laughs> yeah. like it's literally just the most grayest boring room it's literally white everything is just or white, white. Yeah. yeah and it's like this is dumb yeah why am i here <laughs> i know yeah and at first it was just like oh my god there better be another room because if this is it we're gonna like i was just I worried like, money back. i was like our friends are gonna freak out no like, i wouldn't have money back if that was it <laughs> you just said the name bruce wayne and then closed the door <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? yeah it was just it, yeah it was definitely um not the the best experience um but you know if you if you just want a, a good room for like a bunch of young kids to do it would be fine and you don't mind blowing money on them for that you well know? you know i'm sure it's still probably cheaper than like a bowling party or something yeah true. so so anyways uh so once again that was uh escape rooms riverside county the bat lair yep so i mean as i said before good escape room bad escape room great story doesn't matter <laughs> doesn't matter what it is but now let's go on to our friday favorites So I think, okay, well, I have, my Friday favorite is a bit of a cheat this time. You're cheating. I'm cheating because we haven't gotten to play it yet, but we own it, but we haven't gotten to play it yet. And that is the new Ticket to Ride London, because that was one that when I saw, I was right up my alley because one, as we've said multiple times, even in this episode, I love Ticket to Ride. You have a problem. Yeah, I do. I like Ticket to Ride. I even like the the app version of Ticket to Ride. Me too. Um, it's just... When, it's I an... was, when I went on vacation to see my parents uh-huh. a couple years ago, you were like, you're downloading the app of Ticket to Ride so we can play remotely while yeah. we're gone. <laughs> it's a fun way to stay connected. No, it was. And we were like chatting back and forth yeah. doing the thing. Um, I, I like Ticket to Ride because it's one that... You know, it's easy and it's one of those those ones where you can just kind of, we can set up the board and go, you know, and it, it will only change slightly from version to version. And, um, I do, I like New York, the quick game. Mm -hmm. Um, but London, that one was calling to me because I am a big Angliophile and it has the buses are actually the, it has the double deck buses, which are super cute. And so I knew I just had to have it. Um, I do like the idea of kind of those quick, quick ones because it's like ticket to ride but we can play it much faster um and it's a good one for us just the two of us to Mm -hmm. play so that's always appreciated um but yeah we haven't gotten a chance to play it yet because of course when we got it i had injured my back and so i wasn't really feeling down to sitting at the table yeah um but we will probably be playing it very soon 
My Friday favorite for this week is going back to an old one we haven't touched in a while. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we've got a couple new expansions for it that we didn't really get a chance to kick the tires on yet. And I mean, it's Halloween season just as we're releasing this. Or Halloween's just passed around there. Yes. You know? But well, we might play this just to honor Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, with a few of the special decks that are built into it. Because there's a vampire deck, there's a werewolf deck. I want to go play some Smash Up. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I, I like to be thinking, we're planning, we've already talked to our group, and Friday this year falls on November the 1st, mm-hmm. so we're just going to miss Halloween. Yes. But I think we've agreed we're going to have a Halloween game night, you know, on yeah, game night something the Yeah, something we've kind of done in the past is because people work and stuff, and Halloween sometimes doesn't fall on the best day, mm-hmm. um, we've actually done Day of the Dead parties instead, right. where we do it the day after and, like, have more of a, yeah, that's yeah. kind of our So Halloween. what I want to do is I want to play... A smash-up game, mm-hmm. but we're only going to use decks that technically could be a Halloween costume, you know? So, like, okay. some of them are not going to be in there necessarily, like mm-hmm. plants, like, you <laughs> yeah. know, things like that. <laughs> um, but, like, I think definitely it's going to be mandatory. You have to be a werewolf. You have to be a vampire. You have to be a zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, Ghost. Yeah. Um, maybe the aliens, maybe robots. I'm going to kind of, like, take out the more Halloween-specific decks, uh-huh. and then we're going to choose from those. Okay. Okay. You know, kind of like really getting the mood uh-huh. for it, you know. Oh, can sheep be in there? <laughs> yes, sheep can be in there. I love it. There okay. has to be some lamb for the slaughter. So, yeah. So, um, we, Greg loves Smash Up and he has a lot, he has a lot of the, the, um, decks. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Yeah. And, um, so one time I just happened to see that they were selling this, well, they weren't even selling it. They were selling a special, um, deck, expansion deck. It was just a singular deck. Because um, normally they come in four. Yeah, and it was for sheep. Literal, was, like, woolly, bleeding sheep. Yeah, and it was free. You just had to pay for shipping, essentially. And you were like, yes. And so I was like, okay, yes, I'm just going to buy it. Because it was like a special limited-time thing mm-hmm. or whatever. And then recently we went to one of our, um, the this group that we like down here. They're called Tabletop Takeovers, mm-hmm. and they do these events. And they had a bunch of, like, freebie cards for all sorts of different games. Yeah. And it was just take take what you want, essentially. And they had the sheep uh, deck. And, and I, like, and I said, it? I was like, I have it. I know. And I said, oh, we already have that. And they were literally like, you do? <laughs> like, you guys are so weird. You have this already? And we're like, yep, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> so I think, okay, I will mandate I have to play sheep. You, you're you not allowed to play zombies, so. No, you said I'm not allowed to play zombie aliens. You're not allowed to play zombies. What? You're not allowed to play zombies. But it's Halloween. But you're, you know, you play zombies too well and you beat everybody. So you're not allowed to play zombies. See, guys, this is one of the commitment issues we were talking about. Because <laughs> she knows that the outcome's going to change when I play he'll that. Yeah, no, he'll always beat us with zombies. He understands that deck too well it's overpowered he's not allowed to play it i'll play it because i don't really understand it so i'll play it but lauren zombie sheep sheep. no have you ever seen the movie black sheep yeah yeah black (laughs) sheep it's that i i I love to name my decks like the fusion decks like Mm -hmm. i will do plants and dinosaurs and call it land before time (laughs) you know okay we're we're gonna have to sidebar this conversation until later but that's our uh, episode for now (laughs) Music for this episode was provided by bensound.com. As always, you can find us anywhere podcasts are available. However, rates and reviews on iTunes are much appreciated as it helps new listeners find our podcast. We can be found at Game Friday on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So come talk games with us. Thanks for listening and goodbye.